miracles, Lord. So we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Give God a hand. Why don't you turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. I'm going to read the NLT version. I've been on that recently. Um, And when you have it, please let me get a loud amen. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Amen. God is good. All right. It says, uh, 17, it says, One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus, praise God. Some man came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Praise God. Amen. Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Word of knowledge. Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home, praising God. Amen? He jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home, praising God. He jumped up. You'll get it soon. Picked up his mat and went home praising God. I want to be in a community where people come here, they jump up, pick up their mat, and go home praising God. I want to be a people. I want to be in my home. I want to be a husband and a wife. When people can come into my home, And they would jump up, pick up their mat, and go home praising God. We should be a people, a body of Christ all over this world where anyone who's lost, who feels outcast, who feels a burden, who's feel unworthy, they can jump up, pick up their mat, and go home praising God. That's the kind of community that God wants us to be. And as I told you before, in community, there cannot be connection unless there's vulnerability. And there can't be vulnerability unless you open yourself up and you feel worthy enough to share what's inside of you. And I believe that this young man and his friends, they had a great community of friendship. Maybe they were a family, they related, it doesn't say, but they had a great friendship that these four friends would do anything to get this paralyzed young man before Jesus. That the crowds in front of them were not going to stop them. That they would do anything, they would open a roof. It's not even their house. 
It's not their building, but they're like, oh, we don't care. Our friend needs Jesus. We're going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to do whatever it takes so that my friend, my brother, my, 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 the person I've known for a long time, my close one, can get to Jesus. The question is, what are we willing to do so that the people around us can get to Jesus? What are we willing to sacrifice? What, are we, what, what phones are we willing to call? What messages are we willing to send so that people can encounter Jesus Christ? The selflessness of these four young men. That they would take this paralyzed friend of theirs and go to someone's house. Maybe they knew the person. Maybe they didn't, but they didn't ask. Open up the roof, lower their friend before Jesus, taking a risk, believing that Jesus would do something, and Jesus does it and heals him. Praise God. I need friends like that. You need friends like that. That they would believe for you when you can't. These four friends believed for this paralyzed man when he probably didn't. Because Jesus doesn't say, young man, your faith has healed you. He says, because of the faith of your friends, because of their faith, you are healed. Those are the kind of friendships that we need. The kind of relationships that we need. That they would fight for us. Not that they would accept everything about us that's wrong and against God. No. But that they would fight for us. That they would believe for us. Pray for us. Amen? Cynthia and I made a commitment a long time ago. That anybody that goes into our house, anybody that comes around us, we're going to try. Because sometimes, okay, we're human. Forgive us. We're going to try. To be a blessing that people that live that, that that leave from us would leave blessed. We made that commitment in 2006, 2007, around that time. We got married in 07. I just messed up. I'm just kidding. No. Like 06, 07. And 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 God has used us. Last uh last night we had our nephew at the house, Jeremiah. That was fun. And uh and interesting at the same time. And uh, thank you to the parents, Jesse and Belen, for letting us borrow him for a while. Or maybe you should thank us. I don't know. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, you know, having Jeremiah in the house is, is, uh, was, is awesome. It's really awesome. He actually, he actually likes us. He likes Cynthia more than I. But he likes us regardless. F fell asleep between us, like, uh, like right away. And just having the sense of, like, being able to bless a little one and take care of a little one was an amazing blessing for Cynthia and I. When God looks at us, he looks at us just like I look at my nephews. Like they just need good taken care of. And like when we look at each other, we should look at each other the same way. Like we shouldn't look at each other for what we see or what we hear sometimes because that's difficult. It's difficult to look beyond the flaws, right? It's difficult to look beyond like the negative stuff. 
It's always easier to say, man, that person needs this. They need to fix this. Their attitude is like this. And their haircut, I just don't like it. I don't know why they wear shorts to church, like blah, 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 right? All of these things. But we need to look beyond that. Because you know why? I don't think this paralyzed young man, I don't think he was a pleasure to be around all the time. I'm just going to like launch here. And I'm going to launch here and say like, this person that cannot walk, can't go anywhere, that needs everything handed to him, I don't think he's pleasurable all the time. Are you with me? Because I think that sometimes, you know, if they wanted to go out, he couldn't. And so some friends had to stay home with him. Or, or if they're going to have Bible study, they had to go to his house. They could, it could never be at someone else's house. It had to be at his house if they wanted to include him. And I believe because of the dedication that they had, I believe he had those kind of friends. I think he had those kind of relationships with them because they, they took him to Jesus. And I think, I, I think that they went above and beyond all the time for this young man. But you know what? Regardless of the flaws, regardless of, of what they needed to take care of in, in his life, they loved him. And, and they wanted the best for him. And God is good. He heals him. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. It's going to get uh, spicy in a second. I've been on this Peter trip. Peter is a crazy man that walked with Jesus. He was crazy when he was with Jesus in a different way. And then when he really got it, the Holy Spirit, he's even crazier in a different way. First of Peter chapter 1, verse 22, and 20, yeah, 22, just 22. Let me know when you have it, please, so we can read it together. Amen? It says, you were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So we, we need to know that. So now, so first, you got to get cleansed from your sins and obey the truth, like when you obeyed the truth. We're there already. We're believers in Jesus Christ. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Listen to, to crazy Peter. Love each other deeply with all your heart. Look at the person next to you and say, I love you with all my heart. If you don't have anyone next to you and you feel uncomfortable, it's okay. Don't worry about it. You don't have to do it. Mm. You were cleansed from sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers. And I know we, we don't normally say brother here. Like, hey, brother John, how's it going? We don't really say that here. But, but God wants us to love each other like brothers and sisters. Now, do brothers and sisters always get along? Almost never, right? But do they stop being brother and sister? Never. I don't care if Jesse would have told me, I'm never your brother again. We look alike. Like there's no. We have the same DNA, right? The same DNA as brothers and sisters. We have the same blood of Jesus Christ running through us. There's nothing that a brother, a real brother and sister can do to you to separate himself from you because you're both part of the same body and guess what one day when you walk into heaven and you see the person that annoyed you here on earth surprise surprise 
So you might as well start getting along now. Now, further than that, Peter says, love each other as brother and sisters. Love each other deeply with all of your heart. Let me just announce this right now. We are not there yet. We are nowhere near. We're barely loving people in our home with all of our hearts. Needless to say, the people that we go to church with. There's churches you go, you'd never even meet anyone. There's like 20,000 people, you'll never meet anyone. Now here in this church, because it's you know, a little smaller, it gets a little tense sometimes. The annoyance gets a little louder. I tell uh, the couples we met, uh, Pancho and Ceci and JJ and Belinda are getting married next year. Praise God. So, so we've been meeting up with them doing premarital stuff. And <laughs> I tell them, you know, we ask all these questions about their differences. I'm not going to say what they are. Don't worry about it. <clears throat> and, and I tell them, when you get married, those differences get louder. They just get louder. If right now you're having trouble getting a word out of your boyfriend, girlfriend, or whoever, fiance, however you want to say it, when you get married, it gets louder because you can't, you can't go to mom's house. You can't leave your house. One day, I'm just going to. Me and Cynthia got into one of those. It was the first year. We got into one of those extreme fellowships. We just had extreme fellowship one day. And we got into this argument. We don't, you know, when you're, first of all, when you're newly married, you fight about dumb stuff. Well, actually, most of the time, as, as a couple, you fight over dumb stuff. So, you, uh, so I, we got into this argument, and she locked herself in the restroom. It was that bad. I used to have a really bad temper. Back in the day. I know you can't tell anymore because I'm such a holy person now. And I'm, I'm banging on the door, right, of the bathroom. Get out. You got to get out. We got to talk. That was the whole point. Like, I like talking. Like, we got to talk today. You got issues with me? Let's talk right now. Like, if someone says, hey, I want to talk to you. Let's go right now. I don't want to <laughs> go home and, like, well, what did that person want to say? You know. Anyway, so I'm like, let's talk right now. Get out. Hurry, open the door, open the door. And she's like, no, I'm going home. And like time froze and got silent, right? She said, I'm going home. And I said, you are home. <laughs> Extreme fellowship. Now, Peter is asking us to love each other with our heart, with all of our heart. Does this mean we're always going to get along? We're always going to agree we're always going to like the same color, the same haircut, the same basketball team. Go Lakers. Is that what that means? No, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean we're always going to think the same. That church should look like this. That they should do this. And the kids should do that. And the worship is too loud. And uh, Are we a restaurant? Like sometimes we go to church, right? Like a restaurant. Like, you know, the food is just not that good here. You know, the parking is just, like, so annoying. This is not a restaurant. This is a family. And when you go to mom's house, when I go to mom's house, it's hot, right? They got, like, five fans going. It's hot, but I'm at my mom's house. So I love my mom and my family. I love them. 
So Peter is asking us, man, love each other with, a, that's what I'm telling you, Peter is crazy. He's chopping people's heads off before when Christ. Now he's telling me that I got to love my brother and sister with all my heart. He's changed. And it, it was a process for him. And I know it has to be a process for us. Our goal should not to be right or point something out that's negative in the other person. Our goal should be connection, community. It is our goal to strive for unity. It's not about, I, I tell the couples, it's not about two teams when you're married. It's one team. One team, and that team, if, if one person wins, then they both do. If one person loses, then they both do. There's no teams in family. There's one unit. If you want to tell people how wrong they are and how right you are, you have no idea about community. You have no idea about connection. If you're always about winning arguments, forget it, you're still immature. And you need some guidance. You need pastoring. You need shepherding. You need discipleship. That's why Cynthia and I are so passionate about seeing people's character transform. Look, you can have all the gifts, all the money in the world, but God wants your heart and your character to change, not your position in life. Love each other deeply with all your heart. I guess that hanging out with Jesus makes you a people lover. That's what I think. I think that Peter hung out with Jesus so much and saw Jesus love people so much that Peter's like, I got to love people like Jesus loved people. Because hanging out with Jesus makes us lovers of people. Like, no matter wh what background they are, the church, you know, will, will shun people like, you know, will shun homosexuals, will shun this person and that person. But Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus wants to love everyone. He wants to connect with everyone. And hanging out with Jesus should make you a lover of people. Not a pointer of bad things in people. Not a criticizer of people, people. A person that connects. God has called us not to see the bad in people and categorize them. All oh, that person's this, they're in this category. We, especially as men, we're really good at categorizing things and putting things in boxes. And so we put people in boxes as well. We categorize them and put them to the side. He, ha he hasn't called us to look at people just on the surface. He wants us to dig for gold in people. What good do they have? I know the, the flaws. You can see those right away. Any blind man can see that. But what God is asking us to do in his spirit is to look for the good in people. To call them into their existence. And does this mean we agree with everything that they do? If there's things that we need to change from each other, we talk about it in an honest and loving and honorable way. And, 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 we, come and, and we come to connect. Not to, to say this and you said, no, we come to connect in community. Here at Grace and Love Church, we value community. But I can't connect with you if you don't open up. If you never communicated it to me, I don't know. It takes two. Go to 1 Peter chapter 3, and this should, uh, if, if you're still not shocked, then this will. Are you hearing from God this afternoon? First Peter chapter 3, verse 8. 
Amen? Check this out. We got to live this. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Uh-oh. Sympathize with each other. Oh, man. Love each other again as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. And he will grant you his blessing. Some of you need to highlight that really loud. Again, love each other as brothers and sisters. I'm not going to get into that. One mind and sympathize. We should all think alike about what? About Jesus. Okay? We're not going to think alike about food, about earthly things. Forget, forget it. We should all think alike about Jesus, though. That he's our savior, that he came in the flesh, that he died for our sins, that he resurrected and is in glory, and that we're new creations, that we're saved, that we sit in heavenly places with him. We should be a one mind about Jesus. Amen? And we should sympathize with each other. You guys know what sympathy is, right? Feeling what other people are feeling. <laughs> you know, they used to tell us to sympathize with people when, when I used to be a salesman. I used to sell uh, cell phones like in 1999. I'm not that old. And they were like the new cell phones that just came out back then. They were like the big cell phones. And, uh, and they used to tell us to sympathize with people. Like find a way to sympathize with them. Now, that's why I started to dislike that job after, like, especially after having a relationship with God, because I felt like I was lying all the time, <laughs> which kind of, yeah. Um, so when you sympathize with someone genuinely, that is, what you're doing is you're feeling what they're feeling. Like, like sometimes when someone's going through something, the first thing that we think of is, well, why did they go do that? Like, that's dumb. Why did they choose to do that? Right? Instead of sympathizing with them. Especially if that person has done it three or four times, the same thing, and you're like, that's dumb, they did it again? But it, it asks us to sympathize. I mean, God does it. He's asking us to be like him. I know, it's tough. But with the Holy Spirit, you can do this. Tender-hearted or compassionate, in other words. Com having compassion over people. Like, really, like, like feeling for them. Another translation for compassionate in the Greek in, in that passage of where it says tenderhearted, strong bowels. I, I was like, what? Weird. Strong bowels. But, but that you feel what people feel. Like when you pray for others, that you're praying like, like if you're praying for yourself. That's how much compassion you have. Keep a humble attitude slow to anger, and quick to bless. But most of all, what I wanted to touch on this was don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. Amen? Retaliation is carnal and sometimes a demonic reaction. Someone hits you with insults, you think you have the right to hit them back with more insults, more worse insults sometimes. This is absolutely murder to community. It is a disease to community to retaliate. We should not have, as Jesus people, a heart of revenge, a heart of re re retaliation. As a matter of fact, Peter, crazy Peter again, 
he asks to pay them back with a, a blessing. So you bless them, you pray for them, but you actually return the insult with a gift. So if you receive a gift this week, I'm just I'm kidding. I know this is a, a tough word because it's tough for all of us. It's not just tough for you. It's, it's tough for me as well to, to know that when someone insults you. You know what? Sometimes when someone would insult me, I, I, could, I could whatever, you know. But, but if somebody were to insult my wife, that might have a different reaction from me. So I'm just being honest with you. But what God wants for us when someone insults us is for us to repay them back with a blessing, to bless them. And this, man, this, this is awesome in community. The Father gave Jesus when we were still his enemies. And I wrote here on my notes, boom. The Father gave Jesus to the world when the whole world we were all enemies of him. So we, we deserve it. What we deserved was hell. But he didn't give us what we deserved. So a person might insult you, and they might deserve an insult. But what God wants you to do is he wants you to have his heart, which you do. And he wants you to respond like he would with a blessing. So what are you doing to remain connected? What is your goal in disagreement? Do you truly love your community with all your heart, your brothers and sisters? How do you react to the different ways people are? Do you look for the good in things or in people? Or do you focus on, on the negative? Let's go back to Luke chapter 5. I'm almost done here. And then, oh, I have an announcement for you guys after. Are you there? Luke chapter 5? Verse, um, verse 20. This is the kind of community God wants. Look. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. Some of you may have, like, even families where you're like, man, I just wish they would come to Christ. Just believe. Just trust God. Just trust Him. See, it was their faith that forgave His sins. In connection, in community, God is calling us to be so connected to each other that our faith would help each other out. That our faith in Jesus would help someone around us. Amen? Do you think, do you think this, I ask you this again, do you think this paralyzed man was pleasant? Did he never disagree? Did he complain? They had to carry him everywhere, like I said. Did they even go a lot of places together? This group of friends had connection with each other. So much so that they were willing to do anything so that their friend would receive wholeness from Jesus. I'm asking you some more rhetorical questions here. Are you willing to do anything for your brothers and sisters in Christ? Are you, what are you missing in your approach towards community? Maybe this is it, your compassion. Are you here to serve or be served? 
And what happens when you have those bumps in the road with others? Are you a person that just complains? Or are you willing to stand up and serve, have compassion, and remain connected? Verse 25, same chapter. And I'll end here. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. We want people to come to community as friends and leave as family. Jumping up in wholeness, picking up their testimony, and go home praising God. This is community. Amen? I know that it's challenging, but we can do it. And just to recap, community without connection is unhealthy. Connection does not worry about being right, but being one. I'm going to say that again. Connection does not worry about being right, but being one. Love your brothers and sisters with all your heart. God has called us to see the good in people. Repay insults with blessings. See others. Go home praising God. Amen. Give God a hand. Let's go ahead and pray once you get on your feet. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you. Thank you.